Welcome to the Italian Grape Geek Podcast. Join us as we explore personal stories of travel and tasting with Italy's must-know grape varietals. Chart your own course with My Italian Grape Geek Journal, your personal tasting companion to accompany the series. Available now on Amazon. With thanks to Colangelo and Partners for their generous support with this project. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Cynthia Chaplin, and this is Voices. Every Wednesday, I will be sharing conversations with international wine industry professionals, discussing issues in diversity, equity, and inclusion through their personal experiences working in the field of wine. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your pods. Hello, and welcome to Voices. This is me, Cynthia Chaplin, and today I am absolutely delighted to welcome Baya Abuldadzi to Voices. Baez is the owner and founder of Baez Wine in Obcha in Georgia. So this is the first time that I've had the chance to speak to a woman winemaker from Georgia, and I'm so excited to have you with me. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for inviting, Cynthia. That's my pleasure. It's great. It's just great to talk to you, and Happy New Year. Thank you for making time in a very busy holiday week to have a chat with me. Uh, I'm very interested in Georgian wines, and I have a lot of colleagues who are very busy writing about Georgian wines and um, talking about them. So I'm anxious to come and visit. So you're the closest I can get this week. So I thought it would be a good week to be able to talk to someone from Georgia. Uh, you know, recently it's been agreed and, and concluded by scholars and scientists and wine people all over the world that you know, Georgia is more or less the actual birthplace of winemaking. You know, we found artifacts there that are over 8,000 years old, and they show evidence of wine remains. Uh, so you are part of a hugely long tradition. And I know your family's been in the winemaking business, you know, for personal use at home for a long time since before you took over. So what brought you into the professional winemaking business? What gave you the idea to take your family's, you know, small production and turn it into something much bigger? Tell us about, tell us about the story. Yeah. And first of all, you are always welcome to country Georgia. And we'll be happy to host you and show you the, the uh, way we are doing. For me personally, huge responsibility to continue the huge traditions and to be a part of new generation of winemakers here. Um, and also like to continue the way of winemaking our ancestors did them for a long and long time. Uh, and on the other hand, like uh, um, for every people who is, always connected to the wine, uh, then it came to the DNA and it came to the everyday lifestyle. Um, so uh, that makes me very happy and very also proud to to continue and to be part of the uh, great waves of winemaking and, um, uh, and viticulture by itself, which is very much connected to together because wine is not something came from the chemistry, it came from the grapes and it came from the soil itself so that's the whole connection and that's the whole like line of the life that is so true uh it's it is that's one of my favorite things about wine is that it really brings together you know history and culture and you know the the landscape the soil the climate the people the kinds of grapes it all comes together in one one tiny glass it's such a magical thing to to be part of so what made you decide to take the small business and, and turn it into something bigger. So my family was always doing wine, even in communism time. And uh, 
uh, my grandpa was analogist from the occupation. He was always like teaching us. And when we were kids, tiny little like kids, we were playing in the vineyards and we were like playing with this beautiful seasonal, seasonable work. But uh, since I grew up, then I found out that um, wine was very important things. And, but on the other hand, we were very small farmers and we were just like, uh, two hectare owners and it was not really easy to get, get started then. and then when I was like seeing the other farmers small farmers then they uh, were able to bottle wine and to label them and to also sell them to different countries and it makes me very happy and makes me believing in that uh, doesn't matter if you're a small or big producer you can always make your dream and make your uh, own production and even sell them that is great it's nice to hear about you know not feeling daunted by being smaller than some of the some of the big guys it's i think you get you get to be much more of an artisan and a craftsman when you're when you're starting small so you know how how challenging was it for you as a young woman in georgia you know it was only just really 10 years ago that you got into the wine business what was it like when you first started out so even cannot believe that almost 10 years passed, but it's true. Um, so like uh, the main challenge for me and for our team was the experience because we were experienced in viticulture, we were experienced in winemaking, but then there's a huge line of uh, different things, different skills you need to have, uh, sustainability of the producing and way of like uh, bottling or labeling and doing all the documentation, meeting right people, and then like uh, start also selling your products. And it was very challenging from the beginning, but um, I was very like kind of lucky because step by step we uh, we entered to different levels from uh, very like um, tiny numbers of local market and then exploded to the to the other places. So it was like very challenging from the beginning because uh, you need to have a lot of finances to uh, to have sustainable like um, produ- production itself. And also like if you want to have well-established winery, then you need to also have well-managed uh, like grape fields and um, like right number of the of the producing bottles. So, uh, but step by step, this like um, years passed and then like, were able to to uh, grow up a bit from the zero point to now. It sounds like it was a gigantic learning curve. Uh, that's I think you've explained the wine industry in in just a couple of sentences. There, uh, so many so there's so much more to it. And whenever I talk to people who are not in the wine industry, they think it's all fun. Everybody's just standing around tasting wine all day long, and that is not true. So there's a lot of work. <laughs> Actually, tasting is the best part. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a hard job, but someone has to do it. That's that's right. <laughs> the fun thing about Georgia, too, is, you know, similar to Italy, Italy's got over 500 native varieties of grapes on the National Registry. And, you know, you told me yourself, Georgia has at least 525 and potentially more were lost you know, during communism. They were making massive commercial wines, um, not a lot of great quality. So let's talk about your vineyard now. You know, you you said you started off with two hectares. You know, how many hectares have you got now and what grapes are you growing? Because I'm very interested to hear which varietals you're working with. So actually, like um, 
the diversity is very important. I, I, I believe in the uh, wine producing and um, yeah, Georgia has its own like very great base for being very diverse and each almost each region of the country has their own varieties. For now, we do have 18 hectares and um, like the whole years we were just dreaming and aiming to, to buy new terroirs and to like uh, work on the soil and to cultivate them in the right way for different red and white varieties. For now, we are using five local indigenous variety of for our region and um, three of them are white. Tolikor uh, is one of them, mainly planted. And then we have Grafana variety and also Tichka variety. And all of them are having this beautiful acidity and flavorful like potential of, uh, in the aroma and taste. From the red side, we are working with two white varieties. They are Aladasuri and Otsanurisapere. So they are lower matured, uh, light in the body, and then like um, you know, very interesting with the, with, the, with the acidity and aromas it has. This sounds so fascinating. I'm I'm excited for my trip to visit Georgia. I've been dying to learn more about these wines. So uh, it's fun to hear you talk about them. I'm glad you're the one who gets to pronounce those grapes because I'm sure I couldn't pronounce those grapes. So I, I know you really got your winery up and running, you know, as we said, uh, 10 years ago, around 2013. And you are using bioorganic techniques in the vineyard and traditional clay um, kevri in the cellar. So what was your decision-making process based on, you know, did you decide to go down the bioorganic path and use traditional, you know, earthenware vessels in your cellar, or were you already doing that? It's not easy to be bioorganic. Um, so what, what made you decide to do that? Uh, so actually we live in the same village and like our house is surrounded by, by the grapes and vines everywhere. So whatever we're spraying, it's coming back to, to, to us and, um, my family was always doing and like including moon cycle or um like taking care on the on the grapes in a very natural and organic way. So we are using different sprays and uh, it's not an easy um easy and uh, um like right way always. But when you have high humidity and a lot of rainy days, but uh it's more work. But uh, depends on the precise and very very um researchable work by itself and then like we decided to like continue in the organic production way and um on the other hand like the varieties which we are working with are very much uh, sustainable and adopted to the climate and environment we have there for sure we were having very heavy uh years like um last year was super humid and super rainy but uh, we were uh, successful in the end for the harvest and uh, did our best like 24 hour work mostly in the in the field because we also have the new plants and they need like double and triple and uh, let's say work uh, and attention to compare to the, the old plants and we're, well we are talking about clay pots and crevries like that's also our family tradition to to always make wine inside them uh, and what we're seeing is that so grape came from the soil, grape came from the mother nature, and they go back for like newborn in, inside the like mother nature again. Very like inside the clay pot, we always have the right temperatures, like uh, very slow process of fermentation and maceration. 
and uh, we do skin maceration, uh, which is also like kind of traditional way because grape skins outside are including a lot of interesting like yeast. Uh, so fermentation is starting by itself, and then like um, the whole like sweetness is combined to the right alcohol, and that's the way our ancestors were using, and uh, that's the way our like family was always uh, producing wine. And uh, sometimes we also made the mistakes, but then every year we're studying how to create wine and how to blend them and how to uh, work on the on the uh, right way. It depends on the maturity level of the grapes or like acidity level of the of them. I agree so much with what you said about living in your vineyards, you know, and anything that you spray comes back at you. I, I really agree with that. It's, we struggled here in Italy, and, and I'm lo- loving your story because it's very similar to, to what, you know, I have here in Italy same type of weather problems this year it was it was humid it was wet we had a lot of paranospora and mildew are you spraying copper what are you doing so we are using copper sulfate sprays and in the early springtime when we have bags then we are also using some oily preparation and um but very limited per hectare because like um, it doesn't matter if you use the like uh, maximum size then you, you don't really really do anything good and also like our region is very fertile very green region um and we have a lot of grasses but we work with the cultivation or we work with with uh, mulching them and cutting the grass on the right time to to also protect the cover and also like while me my sister my brother our parents and very nice team works behind um this viticulture work, then like we need to like have the responsibility of our own health and our own like happiness working with something very valuable and very good. Well, that's it's true, and and I know you know your your winery is still very much a family business, and and you run it with your brother and your sister. How's that going? Being with your siblings all the time. Are you the boss? You know the the company's named after you. Do you do you make decisions together? Or do you boss them around? Um, you know, your name is on the label. So at the end of the day, you want everything to be right. And you've got some wines now named for your sister, Gavansa. So how is your brother Georgie doing? You know, his his two sisters are bossing him. Tell us about this relationship. What what roles are you playing in the winery? How does it work being with your brother and sister all the time? So I feel that I'm very lucky to, to have a chance to work with them because like uh, they are very open-minded people and Guanta's background is um, master of agronomy, which is like super crucial and super important for us to be to be ready for any challenges in inside the field. And um, also Georgi's background is analogy studies, and uh, um, like he knows a lot of about techniques and a lot of about like very um, important things of blending wine. And but he's super supportive, and he's the one who is saying that I need to follow up my sisters and then like let's build up everything together. I don't need a special label, but I need to be together and build up the winery together with you. So like uh, the thing is that uh, we almost don't have a holiday days or uh, something special because like uh, we know that we need to build up uh, that process now and we need to follow up the process now uh, because 10 years later, then like everything will be very late and still we have a lot of energy and still we can do 300 like 
more than 350 days like per year to to <laughs> work together. Coming back to America, when Italy International Academy, the ultimate Italian wine qualification will be held in New York City from 4 to 6 March 2024. Have you got what it takes to become the next Italian wine ambassador? Find out at vinitaly.com. Well, I know um, in 2015, you took part in an agricultural startup competition in Georgia and you won 2000 US dollars as a grant. So what did you do at that point? What did you do with the money? What was the effect that it had on the winery? You know, it, it can't have been easy in those first years, as you said before, you need the finances. You didn't ha- even have a car. You had to deliver wines, you know, on public transport. So, you know, how did you get all this going and manage to keep going? And what did you do with the grant? Who supported you? Who encouraged you and helped you and guided you? Oh, yeah. Like that year was super like heavy. And uh, but we were very much like um, motivated to continue to do even distribution by the public transport. and. Um, take care of these heavy boxes to the to the right places um so like uh, we got the grant for um the exact labeling and uh, we bought also the small bottling machine italian one actually um which was working really well for our small production and then like um the like labels we created uh, was uh very nice and we were using them to the local market and we were able to have a um, um, chance to participate in different wine fairs, uh, having these fancy bottles and labels um, and like meet people uh, for tasting and uh, uh, for talking about the wine. Uh, so that was the kind of first process because our family came from very rural area and we were never being able to bottle wine before and even think about selling or think about like concentrating only on the grapes because um, um, like back to 1990s uh, it was very like um, heavy to create the fin- financial values and to create uh, something like um, and to earn a lot of money for your uh, small uh, business ideas but uh, even $2,000 was very uh, right time um, value for us to restart and to relabel our own dreams <laughs> on the bottle. That's incredible. That's that's so great to hear that, you know, that's a small amount of money, but it really changed your business uh, at just the time you needed it to do. So, you know, very wise use of a, of a small grant. And it clearly was so important uh, to, to buy as wine at the time. And I, I know that now you're part of the Georgian Farmers Association. You know, why did you join that association and how did all the other farmers react to having this, you know, lovely young woman join up with them? Um, so I feel that associations are always having a very important value because it connects people and it also like um, like uh, gives you the chance to to open your mind and to meet different people with different backgrounds and share their success stories. Um, actually, our biggest match was the chairwoman, Nino Sambahite from the association and she was super supportive and then like she opened a lot of doors for our small winery. Like uh, she met, like uh, connected us to the media, and then like um, local media starting to 
a visit our winery and visit our region and then like uh, um like she also bring us to different trainings for uh skill management and for uh, like uh, different uh very important uh trainings as well because like uh, when you manage something you need to have those skills back to you um because in the small production no one has a team with uh, different like managers or financial people or um or accountants by itself so you need to restart everything from your side and then you you will get a chance to to hire people for that uh so we are still members and we are seeing how great value it has for uh for for every farmers well, I know you and your brother and your sister kept studying through through all of that development and all the challenges that you were faced with in the early years when you first started. How did you all cope with studying and working at the winery and managing the vineyard and building up your business? It sounds like an enormous amount of very hard work. Did you know was the Georgian Farmers Association part of helping you through that or did you just have to power through the three of you on your own? So we were lucky that uh, I'm the oldest in the in the let's say team. So um, then I started working like in the in the fields and in the in the winery. Then my sister was having the chance to study on the uh, master level, and at the same time my brother also were having chance to study analogies studies by by itself. And they uh, they all come back um, with different visions, and uh, for us is. Uh, it's very important to share share new things and to share new stories. So all the all the wines we created um, is always under observation. And we, when we are seeing that uh, we like some products, for example, we like four years ago we fell in love with Petmans. These bubbles came naturally to the bottle, and um, we said that we had a great basis of seed cover variety with high acidity and um, and a lot of interesting minerality. So we created uh, bubbles out of this variety. And then like, uh, um, I think that uh, uh, being always out and seeing what's happening in the in the uh, uh, area of uh, wherever you work uh, brings you back to your production and brings this uh, uh, new, new values and uh, new ideas to create something new. Pat Nat is so so popular all over the world now. How how is yours doing? Are, are people loving it? Uh, people feel in love, and we start from like six hundred bottle production, and now we do almost like ten thousand bottles per year, and we are seeing also to um to diversify them because we we do have this Lambrusco style Pat Nat, we do have very uh very light ones, and uh, we sell them very actively during summertime. Um, in in different countries like in Japan or in Norway and Sweden. So. That's fantastic. That's it, you know clearly all of this effort really paid off. Um, I know the United Nations Development Program recognized you for being a a bold and strong entrepreneur and supported you in a business training program. And in 2022, the EU granted your winery some financial support as well. What did you do with all of this? Let's talk about how important these grants were for you because. You know, clearly this is something that's really helped helped you along. Do you think enough women are getting enough government support in agriculture and in wine? So, like, I feel that when you develop something, um, like extra finances are so much helpful that you almost like win around five years 
so like mostly our main concentration was to build up the grape uh, fields and we were paying all the money for soil for um, like new tractors and for like um, new roots and planting and all of the very heavy uh, financial things and then like United Nations came up with the grant program and we were able to uh, buy a very sustainable um, let's say bottling and packaging um, uh, lines and now we can bottle around like 1000 and uh, one hundred uh, bottles per hour, and we are we are now able to have the gurgling machine for cat nuts and uh, some filtering machines. Are very important, very useful um, uh, things for the production by itself. Uh, and I think it's easy to get access to the finances, and it's getting uh, also easier because uh, now a lot of things are coming up for uh, small producers to to help them to uh, be more sustainable in the in the product, production way. That's good to know. That's really good to hear. It's so encouraging because you know, small producers are the future. And it's good to know that it's not that difficult to get grants um, from, from the EU. I think, you know, my husband is from the UK and Brexit was a big mistake for the UK. My father-in-law is a, a sheep farmer and they lost all of those grants. So, I think you're absolutely right. These things are so important, and I'm glad to hear that it's not difficult to get them. Uh, but let's talk about the wines and the winery and the business. How's it going today? How many wines are you making in total, and how many bottles a year? And you said you're selling outside of Georgia, so I want to hear where you're exporting to. So, like, uh, I'm very lucky to say that now we are exporting wine into 15 countries in the world, and uh, UK is also a very beautiful part of it with different other places um, of U European Union and um, also like United States and then like you know, some very nice Asian uh, countries, very new for Georgian wine itself. Uh, for now, our production is around 30,000 bottles because still new winers are like two or three years old plants and we need to wait um, to develop them and to um, like, to get the new new vintages uh, in the next five years. So, um, and uh, also like we have a small secret that we are building the uh, new winery and uh, we're saying that uh, uh, new plants will have a right place to be matured and to be fermented. Well, it's not secret now. Our, our listeners are listening. <laughs> They're gonna be looking for your wines now. <laughs> it's almost finished. That's why we can, yeah. <laughs> speak about that loudly and yeah that's that's a beautiful way and um i can say that none of the seasons of the year are um like uh, even even those days of new years we are working inside the cellar to taste the wines to blend them to uh rock the wines and uh, there are a lot of a lot of interesting work even now that is great. That is so good to hear. Uh, I know you're also working with the Cardano Foundation and you're using their blockchain system. Uh, can you tell us about this process? Why is it so important for your wines to have access to blockchain technology? So that was a beautiful project, which was um, offered by the, the, the person who is very uh, fell in love with our wines. And uh, it was the first, uh, let's say, first uh, uh, time in the country of Georgia that winery used the 
blockchain system to add extra value. Um, wow, I didn't know you were the first one in Georgia. That's great. Yeah, and uh, throughout the project, uh, we also build up the possibility that um, um, in our back labels, there are QR codes and then uh, the final consumers can get the uh, all the information regarding to the terroir or viticulture processes and uh, everything connected to the uh, single bottle they have in the, in their uh, table. So. That's really good. It, for people who don't know, blockchain and wine, it just helps um, preserve the authenticity and sort of the how the wine has passed through hands, you know, the, the logistics of the wine and um, where it's come from, where it's been sold or bought. So preserving that provenance is really important. And especially when you're creating such a traditional, special product as you are, um, having blockchain early on in your winery is probably going to be super important for the future of your wines. You know, people looking back at the old vintages will want to make sure that uh, they have all of that information at their fingertips. So it's very interesting. I didn't realize you were the first in Georgia. So that's fantastic. Well, you must be an amazing role model for for girls in your community. You know, what what advice would you give to young women in Georgia now who want to get into the wine world? So now you can easily find like a very successful women winemakers and young, even young women winemakers uh, in uh, any of the winemaking regions of Georgia. And it's very uh, important because like uh, women, we're always uh, behind the scenes and behind the labels, but now we can see them in front and uh, now we can see how nice wines and how tasty wines they do. And, um, and uh, also on the other hand, you can see that uh, um, even the very small and tiny producers are very popular uh, in the export markets or in the local markets. That's very helpful, and uh, that's um, I think the new, new, um, very new vision and very new uh, future for for wine of the of the country of Georgia. And is there uh, are there women in you know the sommelier roles and you know wine buyers, wine exporters, or you know, aside from winemakers, what else are women doing in wine in Georgia these days? Oh, you can find a lot of uh, um, sommeliers came from W Suite courses and also like uh, they lead the restaurants and they lead the also like um, uh, special wine bars here. There are also a lot of people in the media and actually they do a lot of blogs on or writing the articles in the in the um, uh, let's say in the journals and. Uh, they are super, super popular here. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I'm glad to hear that women are are finding their way into wine in Georgia in all sorts of ways. I think it's important. People don't really understand how many different kinds of jobs there are in the wine industry. So that's really good to know. Um, and I know that you were named as you know 30 under 30 for for winemaking in 2019 by Forbes magazine. So I have to ask you what your plans are for the winery for the next five or 10 years. You know, you said you've got the new winery being w- built. Um, where do you see yourself on New Year's Day in 2034, 10 years from now? For winemakers, like uh, to talk about the future plans, it's very easy because you know that. Uh, where you will be over there and uh, let's say I wish to to plant all the vineyards we 
we're having, and I wish to also have a well-established winery with like 150,000 bottles production, which is not super high, not super uh, small. Um, and also like a lot of muscles and a lot of motivation to continue uh, like searching new things and also like um, like making our family happier and uh, and healthier as well. So. Oh, that's those are good. Those are good wishes. I think those that's a very aspirational plan. I'm going to wait to see this 100,000 bottle wine production. I bet it'll be sooner than 10 years. You sound like you're working so hard. So thank you so much for giving me your time today. It was really great to hear what you're doing and to learn a bit about Georgia. And I am going to come and visit you this summer. I'm going to keep in touch and come and see you. So Give my best wishes to your brother and sister and happy new year. And we wish you all the best of, of luck for 2024 at Baya's Wine. Oh, thank you so much for giving us such a great chance and start the year with such a like um, uh, great combination. And yeah, I wish you all the best. So like, thank you so much. Thank you for listening, and remember to tune in next Wednesday when I'll be chatting with another fascinating guest. Italian Wine Podcast is among the leading wine podcasts in the world and the only one with a daily show. Tune in every day and discover all our different shows. You can find us at italianwinepodcast.com, SoundCloud, Spotify, Himalaya, or wherever you get your pods.